Welcome to Upper Cumberland Outdoors. I'm your host, Brad Halfacre. Today I've got Anthony Jones. Now, Anthony, you you're one of your favorite hobbies is, is we share this kind of in common, but it's kind of a sport that's kind of losing that's lost interest over the years, and it's shocking that that some you know there's a, some young folks I think interested in it, but you know, coon hunting. So tell us about a little bit about your coon hunting experience there. So I grew up <clears throat> I my dad my my family they they had hounds their entire lives so i grew up with hounds from the time i was big enough to walk anything i could remember my dad always had hounds he had his own hounds and we raised and coon hunted hounds so the my life or journey with coon hunting started i mean i'm 43 or 42 years old and i've coon hunted as long as i can remember so i've been coon hunting for 40 plus years and that was just a, a part of you know, that was just a part of our life. That was normal for us. And, you know, my experiences with it, it was, you know, I've done it with just, you know, me and my dog just by ourselves. And then I've had some with a group of, a group of friends. And, and it seemed to be, to me, the best experiences when there's a larger group of people. Because people sit around, not only, you know, some of the times it seemed like they didn't really care if we got a coon or not. It's just like, whose dog was the best dog? Is that, am I? That's a big part of it. Um, <laughs> it it's when you coon hunt like that, and, and people might, you know, get confused. It, it is about the hound, it, or if you hunt with a cur dog or what, whatever you hunt with. It, it is about the dog. You're going, and you're enjo- a lot of your enjoyment out of it is watching that dog perform, watching that dog do what it was, you know, bred to do. Um, but for me, you know, some people look at it different. Competition coon hunting is is kind of big now, pretty big, and and a lot of people like it for the competition part of it. I played sports all through my life. That's where I got my competition from was playing sports. So coon hunting for us was yes, it was fun. It was, and the and the more people was there, the the funnier it was. Um, you know, yeah, we were rib each other about what dog did this and what dog did that, but the fun part of it for us was you know my dad was a played practical jokes all the time and and i still have friends at home that will tell me stories about jokes that my dad would play on people when we were coon hunting and stuff like that so yeah the fun part of it the camaraderie just that fellowship of of being out there with a with a good hound or a good pack of hounds and your friends that 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 makes it really fun and you know in 40 years of hunting you know it's changed a lot i'm sure you know there's there's different tools to the trade that you can add and, and, and some must-haves. So if someone, yeah. is, someone was listening and interested in maybe starting out getting into it, you know, of course, you got you need a dog, and, and there's there's different opinions. Dogs is like, you know, coon hunting dogs is a lot, a lot like trucks. You've got your Ford guys, your Chevy guys, same thing. You've got your, you know, black and tan. you got your walkers, you know. So, I mean, break down kind of if someone was wanting to get started, kind of what they'd need. So – I'll go back just a little bit. When we started coon hunting, and, and every old coon hunter that, that hears this is will remember this. Um, you know, we didn't have tracking systems. Mm-hmm. Now everyone has a tracking system. They have a Garmin. It's got a GPS. Tells you how many yards your dog is from you at any given time, where it's at. It'll show a map on there. If he gets close to a road, you can drive around and get him. Shows all that stuff. And the lights now are unbelievable you have the you know these lithium lights that weigh less than a cell phone and they'll burn for 50 hours straight on high when i started this it's so funny (laughs) i can remember us being hunting 
and, you know, you didn't have a tracking system and you had, I, I come in at the very end of the car bot lot. I never had a car bot lot, but I can listen to my dad and those guys talk about that. I had what was called a wheat lot. That's the first lot I ever had. And you had to put water in it, keep it charged. And that thing may burn all night. It may not. Who knows? But if your dog got out of pocket and you couldn't hear it or if a time went by and you didn't know where they was at, I can just remember my dad say, well, I'm going to walk up to the top of this hill and see if I can hear old Buck in there somewhere. <laughs> and now you just, well, let me pull this little tracking system out. He's 653 yards right up through there. And you know exactly where they're at and exactly what they're doing at all the all times. Um, if they're doing something wrong, you can tone them or you can shock them. You can do anything right there from the palm of your hand. And then back when we started, I mean, none of that happened. You'd drive around, look for dogs, walk to the top of the hill, try to hear your dog. So, yeah, it's changed a lot in the last 40 years. Well, I can, I can remember going and it looking like we're getting ready to go in the, in the mines. You yeah. know, talking about the lights, you know, you the, the big, you had the battery pack with them. And, uh, I mean, the, the oh, yes. It, it felt like that light weighed 50 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember being about 12 or 13 and getting night light came out with a light that um, was like an upgrade from the wheat light. And it wasn't as heavy. It was still pretty heavy, but it would last all night. I mean, it would burn all night. You could go all night with it on a charge, but it'd blow bubs real bad. So we had like a little bottle tied around our necks on our light. That So if you blow the light bulb, you could switch it out and put another one in there. <laughs> so, yeah. and the light, But the light I've got now, I think, is a – it's a boss cap light or something like that. That thing will, you know, you, you never have to worry about it going out. Burns all night. The bubs won't blow. I mean, just the upgrades in technology have come a long way since we first started. That's for sure. Well, stay tuned for more with Anthony Jones. Welcome back to Crumbling Outdoors. Today I've got Anthony Jones talking about coon hunting. And, you know, Anthony's been coon hunting for over 40 years, and we've, we've, got, we've dabbled in a little bit about the some equipment, how that's changed over the years and the tracking systems and everything out there. Let's talk a little bit about dogs, Anthony. What What's your favorite coon hunting dog out oh, there right I now? I wouldn't say that and make mad every hunter who listens <laughs> to this. Um, I'll say this. Growing up, we've, we, I've, we've owned all kinds of dogs. Mm-hmm. The first dog I ever remember us having, in my mind, was an English dog, a blue tick, mm-hmm. English blue dog. From there, I mean – my dad had a red bone. We had a really good red bone hound at one time. We never had any black and tans. We had some red bones, English, had a plot dogs before, uh, but mostly walker dogs. Um, we got some walker dogs when I was probably uh, maybe a teenager right around that time, and, and my dad bred his own kind of line of dogs there for until you know he got sick and stuff and couldn't do that anymore and that was kind of the dogs that that we had i have a walker dog now um but it's not out of that old stock that he had and that's probably one of my biggest regrets when i went to college and moved away and playing sports and stuff i I, you know didn't get a hunt that time and at that same time my dad kind of got sick so we lost that kind of line of dogs that he had and once you that's gone you can never get it back But no, I, I there's all different kinds of dogs out there. Whatever whatever suits you, I'm I'm supportive of it. I'm not going to have a bunch of coon hunters mad at me for saying this one's better than well, the other one. And some of the ones I've been around, like we, I mean, you were talking about earlier. You know, back when I was young, the hound did 
everything. You had one that hunt squir- hunt squirrel during yeah. the day and night and hunt coon. You know, maybe run a run a rabbit or something too. You know, you, it was just an all around. I couldn't really remember a breed of dog to, to call it, but it was just a hunt, just an all around hunting dog. No, uh, no one can. I don't think can argue this. Over the years, competition hunting has changed the way that people breed hounds. Now, um, back then, you know, you had hide hunters and meat hunters, and they didn't care. You know, if their dog treated a squirrel or treated a coon or treated a bobcat ran a deer people didn't care and those dogs were just gamey and they were just you know just hounds they would do anything now you know with competition hunting squirrel hunting and coon hunting dogs are a little more specific to that if you if you got a coon dog and you want a competition hunt you want that dog to tree coons you don't want it to tree a possum you don't want it to tree a squirrel because that's bad for you if you're in that competition when i was growing up heck we didn't care we shot possums out and skinned them things too my dad would skin every coon we killed when i was little we had a whole bunch of hides had stretchers and everything behind the house and if they treat a coon you know we killed it well, and it goes along the lines too, you know, trapping, which is something you know, I haven't haven't got into on the show too much. But our early settlers' hides was like money, you know, trapping, absolutely, you know, all that was was in there. So it was very crucial to our, you know, to our past. But that's what I like like celebrating the the coon hunting now and things. Now the season talk. Let's talk about a little bit about the season when the season opens. In, in September? So in on private land in Tennessee, there's a season that opens starting July the 1st. And it, it, it goes from July the 1st up until September, the the third Saturday in September, so, the third Friday night in September. So around the 15th, that third, I think this year was the 15th. So if you're hunting your own land. If you're hunting your own land, you can hunt starting July the 1st. And you can harvest coons then. Um, it may be two per person per night. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. In some right. places, it's one. They have it divided up. Um, the agency TWA has it divided up in some areas. You can kill more than others, just like deer hunting. So you just check check your guide. Be that's sure right. to check the hunt. Check guide. your guide. And then so the regular so the public land season is starts September the third Friday in September, Friday mm-hmm. night in September, and goes. It used to go to the end of February, but now I think that's been extended to the end of March. With turkey numbers being down, I think that's one of the reasons that they extended the coon season because coons are nest raiders and stuff like that. And we had that big boom of turkeys in the 90s, and there were probably people killing more coons then too. But as hides have went down, people don't kill coons as much. I know a lot of old coon hunters that used to kill a lot of coons they um, treed. And they'd skin them out, but the hides don't bring much, and and they don't they don't kill them much anymore. As long as that dog trees it, they're happy, they're happy with patting that dog and letting it do its thing and, and going on. Yeah. Now, is there any local clubs that you know, like hunting clubs that that do the coon hunting? Uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> I think Putnam County has one. I know Fentress County has a coon hunters club, and I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that Overton County has one. I've been in hunts at both of those two clubs, so we did a a meat hunt, a fundraiser in Fentress County earlier this year on a, on a coon hunt, and they, they have hunts occasionally. I know Overton County has one. Um, I can't remember if Cumberland does anymore. They used to have a coon hunters club. I remember, you know, when I was in the 90s, you know, they were there's little clubs all over the place, and they would have little tournaments, you know, yeah. and, and uh, meat, hunt, meat hunt tournaments and things. and. And and, and the payout, almost like a, like a fishing tournament almost. Yeah, we had that – fundraiser in Fentress County this year for um what we've had we've had one up there for years for the Clark Range Interact Club and raised a lot of money for them on a meat hunt mm. and people donate and stuff and then they'll give prizes away one of the stores in Jamestown uh, Randy Sports and more 
Um, Kenneth Bertram owns it. He'd give a lot of prizes and stuff away. And pretty random, if you brought a coon in, they'd put your name in a hat and they just draw out for prizes. And I think the top prize this year was a Garmin, the brand new Garmin tracking system with a collar. We actually won that. My brother-in-law won that this year. <laughs> so, so we were the lucky ones that got, got, our, big... got our name drawn out of the hat there. Stay tuned for more with Anthony Jones. Welcome back to Upper Cumberland Outdoors. Today I've got Anthony Jones on the show, and we're talking coon hunting. Now, Anthony, we broke down a little bit of the, the equipment and things and, and talked a little bit about dogs. And, uh, of course, you know, if you get into this, you know, you're going to need a, a way to take a dog box, a way of transporting your dog and things like this. We want to keep it safe, you know, when you're driving and everything. So that the dog is probably one of the most important important parts. So you you get a good dog, you want to you want to take care of it. So yeah, some of that stuff's pretty expensive, but I know some old boys now. They got forerunners. They just toss them in the back of the forerunner and they just ride back there and have a bed for them and hay and stuff back there. You know, my dogs are if which I don't have hunting coon dogs. I've got I've got a lab and then a great dame, but they you know they're one of the family. So yeah, I mean my wife would not. You know they're not going to ride in the back of the truck. They'd be riding up in the cab with me. So if if we had hunting dogs, it would be the same way. When I got back into hunting after I got out of college, I bought a pup. I had a dog box, but I lived where we work at now in Cumberland County, in the head of the Squatchy Valley there. And he rode in the front seat of me about everywhere I went. I rode him around all those old farmers over there. Back, like, oh, here comes Anthony's coon dog. <laughs> so yeah, I know all about that. Well, I'm sure in your 40 years of hunting plus there. You've got some good stories. So this I like to get personal, you know, on the last this last little segment here. You know, being at being being part of being in the outdoors is being with family, being with people you love to be around with and sharing these experiences. So let's let's hear a good coon hunting, one of your favorite coon hunting stories. Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. I got so many coon hunting stories. I'll tell a couple of short ones. There you go. Um of course I, I went from the entire time when I was little. My dad would pack me on his back and he hunted with some guys in Jamestown. He hunted with a guy named Donnie Williams up there. For years that worked for the park service cutting trails out for the big south fork i mean they would take me coon hunting and they walked hunt they walk hunted like a lot of times people pull up now and they'll cast their dogs up a creek and they'll wait till they tree or drive around to them and stuff we walk hunted we walk hunted trails in the park in the big south fork mm-hmm. and picket state forest and stuff like that they would pack me on their back with tree coons i'd be packed on their back and stuff before um i can remember one night being little and we were hunting up there and i was probably four or five years old and we were hunting with an older gentleman, and we were what we call road hunting. So you'd get on an old gravel road up there on a bad night if it was spitting snow or raining a little bit, and turn your dog out in front of the truck. And good road hunting dog get about 60, 80 yards ahead of you and just trot down the road, and it smells a coon, it winds a coon, it'd throw its head up and leave the road and go tree. We were driving down this old road, and it was late at night, and uh, I was in the middle of this old Ford truck four speed on the column but it was a four-wheel drive and it had on the floor it had the two-wheel high or two high four low you know that's where you shifted your four-wheel drive i fell asleep i kicked that truck into neutral (laughs) but i remember that they turned the truck off and the dogs had went and treed so pretty sure they left me in the truck and went to the tree and come back when they got back truck started up but it wasn't going nowhere so I can remember waking me up, and they're looking under the hood and checking all this oil, checking the oil of the truck. It didn't have any oil in it. I do remember that. And getting back in there and was sitting there in the truck running, but it wouldn't go nowhere. Of course, no cell phones or nothing in. So I guess we were going to sit there till daylight. And my, I can remember my dad's house. I looked down in the floor, and I seen that truck was in neutral. And I just reached down there and put that thing in 
put his clutch in, he put it up in two-wheel high, and we went on home. We <laughs> sat there for hours. I'd fell asleep and kicked that truck in neutral, and we just sat there <laughs> about all night. Of course, you didn't have no cell phone or nothing. No, so you'd just, have to just wait till the daylight hit you. We yeah. were just waiting. That's one I can remember. That's pretty good. I went coon hunting one night. I remember this one. This is a good one, too. I went with a pretty famous, legendary basketball coach in, in Jamestown, Mr. Sam Beatty. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Coached the York girls to the only state championship mm-hmm. they won up there in the 80s. Now, Mr. Beatty was a coon hunter his mm-hmm. whole life. I knew him. A lot of kids knew him at school and stuff. He was firm and tough at school, but I knew him from coon hunting. We coon hunted together. And the, one of the last trips we went on, we went on a big coon hunt. We were walking. It was snowing. And I had a dog then that would hunt pretty deep to get out from you. We were walking back to the truck, and he had a blue tick dog. I had a walker dog. And I, I caught my dog and put it on a leash so it wouldn't get out of pocket. And I said, you want to catch your dog, Mr. Buddy? He said, no, I'm just going to let him go. He'll come with us. It started snowing. And his dog barked, let out a big ball, went down in this big holler, balled again, balled again, and up the next mountain, treed over there on the other side of the mountain. By this time, it's coming a blizzard. <laughs> and Mr. Beatty's, I don't know how old he was then. He's in his 60s. And he looked at me and he said, uh, Anthony, I'll build you a fire if you'll go over and get my hound. <laughs> <laughs> I walked across that canyon back up the other side and turned around and looked over my head, and I could see that fire glowing over there. It was snowing so hard. That old dog had a coon tree, though. I shot it out to him. <laughs> we came all the way back over. He had me a fire built. By the time I got back up there, I was so hot. I was like, let's, just, probably go don't the, need let's just go to the truck. <laughs> yeah. But that's one I remember, too, pretty good. And that's you know that's what it's about, you know, getting out and, and sharing experiences with with. And, and with, with your friends and family, and that's just part of what the show is. And and two, you know, thank you. One one thank coon hunting is one of my favorite was one of my favorite hobby sports growing up. And you know, it's something that yeah, you know, I've kicked myself not taking my son and showing him. You know, we don't have dogs or anything anymore. You know, we've got labs and things like that. But you know, it's something that's a that's dying out. There's not a lot of not a lot of coon hunters in the area. But it's it's nice to know that some of the clubs are still existing. So. Um, is there, does the Fentress County have a fa- Facebook page or uh, for I, their club? I don't know if no. they do or not. You should, uh, someone can just probably just Google a f- coon hunting club if they're interested. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for being a part of Upper, Upper Cumberland Outdoors. Absolutely. There's so many of those stories, man. I could We could talk for hours and just tell stories like <laughs> well, that. I got so many funny ones. We'll have to bring you back. Uh, <laughs> well, this has been another great episode of Upper Cumberland Outdoors. Let's get outdoors.